Welcome to the Haunted Hangover Podcast mini-sode. I'm Louie, and now I'll be joined by my bud, Tommy Valley, a.k.a. Tommy Trombone, a.k.a. Tommy Carbone, a.k.a. Tommy Valdez. There it is. <laughs> and I changed my Discord name to Tommy New Metal from our last episode. <laughs> yes, so so D- Dave isn't going anywhere. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> um, but Tom is officially yes. now part of the team, and we'll be we'll be putting these minisodes out a little more often from time to time, covering just like cool shit that's happening. That's you know Halloween related, whatever film related. What else? Like just anything. Yeah, Any, well, anything I, we want to cover, basically. Yeah, I got oh, my opinions. Happening. I got yeah, my yeah. opinions. I got I got things to say. Yeah, yeah, and things like events and stuff like that. Like if you go to a cool, you know, haunt or convention, which we did do one, and you were there, so yeah. it kind of just makes sense for you to be the one that co-hosts, you know, these minisodes with me. And Dave will be on them from time to time. Um, but I thought it'd be it'd be cool to get another voice, yeah, on the podcast. So you know, welcome, I- Tom. Welcome, yes. Tom, Tommy New Metal. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And and you were you were uh, you were on our last episode, mm-hmm. the Create a Haunt 2021 episode. Yes, I was. So it's you know you'll 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 be popping up on the uh, the main show as well a little more often. You know, oh, uh, yeah. you know, you know for certain uh, topics we cover. Um, but. Uh, we thought it would be fun to talk about this new Fear Street Netflix. I guess it's a series, right? Would you call it a series or a trilogy of films? <laughs> I I think it's just a trilogy because like I I remember when the trailer dropped, and it was pretty. It's honestly pretty impressive. Three feature length movies like these yeah. aren't an hour each. This like this first one was an hour and forty seven. Yeah, which is which is a little long. I, I, yeah. I honestly when when I like watch the trailer. I got kind of like anthology vibes. I thought yeah. originally it was going to be like three separate films that didn't have a, a narrative going through them. But after watching this first part, part one, obviously they're all connected. Yes. So so real quick, uh, also, I want to give a spoiler warning. If you haven't seen this yet, we're gonna we're not gonna do a, a, a deep dive into the entire episode and plot and breakdown because this is a minisode. Um, yeah. But we are gonna talk about some shit that happens in the in the film. And just in case you didn't watch it yet, you know why would you be here in the first place? You'd be exactly. listening to us. We're gonna be talking about it. But if you didn't and you want to, you know, hold off and listen to us a little later after you watch it. Just want to just wanted to give you that spoiler warning. Now, now, Tom, are you familiar with the Fear Street book series at all? I actually never read them, but I was familiar with them. I know that he had um, he wrote these around the time of Goosebumps, and then he had like a couple spinoffs. I know he came back and did more like mm-hmm. a few years ago, but I actually had never read them. I didn't realize how like a like are these targeted for like the older kids or like adults. Yeah. Yeah, so the Fear Street series started in the late 90s. I believe it was like 89. And then it ran until 1999. So it had a long-ass run. Okay. 10 years, basically. And then I, I think they took a little break. And then it came back in like 2005 until 2014, 2013, around that time. 
So it, it's, it was ongoing for a really long time. And it's a popular book series. And they are targeted to- towards an older demographic. So teenagers, basically. The oh, books yeah. are a little darker, a little more violent. Like comparing it to Goosebumps, which I'm a huge fan of as well. You know, no one, there's dead characters like ghosts and skeletons and things like that. But people aren't really like murdered in Goosebump books because those are, you know, targeted more towards like, if I remember correctly, because it's been a long time, like seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten year olds. This is more like 15, 16, 17 year olds, the Fear Street series. Yeah. You know, and, and for me, I caught the the mid 90s version of fear street i wasn't reading them in 89 i was really young in 89 i was a i was a baby still almost i was what four or five years old four three four around that i i'm bad with math but (laughs) but i was really young i caught it later and i remember the first book i grabbed in the fear street series it was called halloween party and oh, I wow. believe that came out. Yeah, it makes sense why that was the yeah, first yeah. one I, <laughs> yeah. I picked up. Um, but I remember uh, getting it around the time uh, The Haunted Mask, the Goosebump book, The Haunted yeah. Mask was released because both of them centered around Halloween. So I was like, oh, R.L. Stein. And then I remember reading it. I remember grabbing, you know, comparing the two. You look at a Fear Street book, it's obviously for older people because yeah. like the, the, there's way more to it. The books are longer. The, the type size is a lot bigger in a Goosebump book compared to a Fear Street yeah. book. So I was like, all right, this is obviously for older people. But I did read them both, and I did enjoy both of them. Halloween, Halloween Party is great. It's a great book. It's been years since I read it, um, but I did enjoy it. And then there's also like The Babysitter, which is another really popular fear street book i'm pretty sure if you're a fan of these books like you own a copy of that book i think all of us like especially around like my age maybe even a little older have a copy of that book somewhere because i remember that being like kind of the like the most popular book but yeah the fear street series again i feel was just it was almost just as important as um goosebumps and then there was also the point horror series which was another Another group of books that I believe it was R.L. Stein wrote some of them, Christopher Pike. So, okay. the, the like horror, like teenage horror novels were like huge in the '90s, and it's just it's interesting how R.L. Stein was able to write these, you know, more horrific tales in the Fear Street and Point Horror series, and then more you know family not family friendly, but I guess you know younger and a younger demographic, a younger audience with the Goosebump book. So it was just a cool, cool thing, um, you know, that existed during the 90s. Now, going back to this Fear Street Part 1, 1994, I don't believe this is uh, based on any of the books. It's just a, I guess, original concept, and they're just using the Fear Street name. Um, It is cool how... You know, Netflix released this. I, I think it would have been better uh, if this was released in October. I feel like July second yeah. is a weird, a weird time to release this. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a cool thing that they're doing. Uh, let, let's jump into the into the uh, into some of the uh, the details of this. So it was directed by a woman named Lee. G- I, can, I believe it's Janaik. Janaik. J a n i a k. I think it's like Leah Janaik. I, um, I did a little research on her. I know that she got some fame for her, like, I think it was 2014 movie Honeymoon or something like that. I never, never saw that. It was another kind of horror thriller as well. 
Oh, I've got to watch that then. I never, I've never even heard of that. Um, and it stars a bunch of unknowns, except for Maya Hawke from Stranger Things. Yeah, I was going to say, she, she, they put her name right on there too. Yeah, she's, she's very much the Drew Barrymore of this movie. <laughs> That's probably which, the best way to put it, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that this film off the bat was heavily, like, off, you could just tell it was inspired by Scream. Like, even some yeah. of the shots, the framing, um, are very reminiscent. Like, they basically copycat, like, copied and pasted certain shots that were in Scream. Um, talking about that intro, I honestly think that's the strongest part of, part the of this film is the, is the whole opening sequence with her working at a bookstore and then putting away mm-hmm. a bunch of Fear Street books. I thought that was pretty cool that they that have her pretty, physically yeah. putting away the books and, you know, it was smart because, again, this is a Netflix exclusive, and she's primarily known for Stranger Things. Yeah. So, it was smart to, like, put her in this movie and kill her off right in the beginning. Yeah. We don't get to see them yet, but there are a couple other Stranger Things alumni in the, in the, uh, coming up in these series. Yes, yes, there is. And um, I just thought that whole setup was really cool. I do like how that other guy that works at the mall works in, like, a Spencer's-type store. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, like, the mall, like, even setting, like, this character in a mall is mm-hmm. just very Stranger Things-esque because that's kind of, like, that character, the character from Stranger Things that she portrayed, you only meet her in the mall in the third season. Like, that's where her character is predominantly. Yeah, she works at that ice cream shop. I forgot what it was called. Scoops Ahoy. Scoops Ahoy. There it is. <laughs> so so let, let's talk about the plot of, of this. Uh, I have a little line here. I literally ripped it from uh, IMDb. And the, the, the plot or the little synopsis for this episode, because we're not right, going to cool. do a full breakdown. This is a mini-sode. <laughs> um, a circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. So, it's in a nutshell, it's basically Scream with a supernatural twist. Yeah, and it's, uh, what is it? They're, it takes place in Shady, Shady Town? Oh yeah, it was, uh, it's Shady, Shady Side. Shady, Shady Side, Side is, yeah, where the main characters take place, and then the better or competing school yeah. is, uh, what is it, Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale, Sunnyvale. which, yeah, which like, Gave me like Buffy vibes because that yes. that town was called Sunnydale. So it's sunny. It's Sunny Vale. No, it's Sunny Vale. Yeah, Sunny Vale. Okay, Sunny Vale, and then Sunny Dale was from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm-hmm. series. Um, what'd you think of the characters in this movie? I think they're likable. I like them a bit. Um, it's interesting because uh, I I really do love Maya Hawke. I really yeah, do. She's good. Yeah. yeah, and she. I mean, her part in this was strong like don't get me wrong yeah but they really did pull a really you know a pull, they pulled a drew barrymore which was pretty cool mm-hmm. but uh i think everyone else is pretty cool i like the characters they're you know they're they're charming they're they're nothing it's nothing like groundbreaking like these aren't like shakespearean actors <laughs> no but 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 like you know they're fun they're quirky yeah, little yeah. kids just trying to make by uh the movie opens up with the struggle of the main character uh dina dina yes She's heartbroken. And I think yeah. in a cool, include, it's like a cool inclusive moment where they don't bring too much attention to it. It's just, it, this is what it is. Her ex, she's, you know, still heartbroken over her ex, mm-hmm. Sam. 
who is now she moved to the more she moved to Sunnyville to the nicer school. Mm-hmm. And we get some tension that it's because her mother didn't approve of what was going on. But uh, yeah, everyone else is great. I like the younger brother. He was maybe one of my favorite characters, uh, Josh. Yeah, he's definitely the standout. Yeah, in this, yeah. Mo- in this movie, and I'm assuming probably the rest of the series, uh, because he's just a funny. Like I love yeah. how he's obsessed with like serial killers and like occult and weird shit. Like and he he's knows there, he's got all yeah. these like newspaper clippings on his wall, like on his walls and shit. Like it's he was just a funny character, and you really feel for him because he has a crush on the uh, Kate. I think is the girl's mm-hmm. name, one of the friends. And he like st- I I believe he's doing either the Contra, uh, code. It's either the Contra code or Street oh, no. Fighter code. The K- Konami. It's Konami, the Konami code. code. Is that what he's yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah. The Konami code, over and over again to kind of calm himself down. Which yep, is, yep. that was a nice little funny uh, addition, like a little quirk his character had. Um, yeah. I thought th- I thought the character of Simon was pretty funny. He's obviously like the comic relief. Yes. You know, there's that one shot I love that they show that he's the employee of the month every month. It's like a every panty month. shot, and you just see his picture for like six months. Like, it's always yeah, him. Yeah. Um, it was funny. I do like how, you know, I, I, I thought Dina wasn't bad as like the lead girl. Like, she was she was pretty good. Tough, tough chick. Like, I yeah, thought yeah. she was cool. My least, pa- my least favorite was probably Sam. She was a little kind of uh, melodramatic at times. Like, yeah, melodramatic. Yeah, like... There, there is a, you know, we're getting into spoiler territory, but there is a central theme of this that revolves around her. But yeah. so much of it does, like, so much of the highlighted moments in this don't even come from her. It comes from, like you said, like Josh. Or, yeah. Also, I want to I point out with Josh, I love our introduction to him is him just listening to... White zombie. Marky, white <laughs> oh, no. zombie. He's, yeah. Well, More no, he's also listening to something else, too. There's a lot of music in this movie. Oh, yeah. Too. It's a little, it's, good al- music, it's almost, yeah. yeah, it's almost too in your face though. Like there's like the song will play for like 10 seconds and then they cut it off. There's like 15 songs all from the nineties in this movie, but it like, it's like song, cut, song, cut, song, cut, song, cut. Then it just stops. Then they bring it back later. So, it was cool, but it did get a little like, kind of just like showy showy like they were really shoving it in your face like okay this is the 90s here's music but i guess that was kind of the point i thought the characters i do like that they killed off kate and simon because i was expecting i was expecting all of them to live i was like they're not gonna kill because they had killed a bunch of like other random people that were like involved like a nurse the doctor and all that stuff but like i didn't expect them to kill the actual teenagers and they both get pretty gruesome yeah, deaths i was gonna <laughs> say the the gore in this is actually that's like we were talking about before about like how fear street is the more adult version of yes. bumps and i'm like it definitely shows here because the, the the gore for the most part is practical yes and like it's brutal like it's creative it might be some of those creative deaths i've seen in a while it's it's funny coming from a from a netflix like adaptation yeah. of fear street yeah, Kate's death is the most brutal. Most like, brutal, Jesus! <laughs> what is that like a meat grinder or something? Uh, I, I, I don't can, know. Yeah, it, her it, head I gets like it's... ripped apart in like eight pieces. I was like, whoa! Oh, you know what it is? They—that's the thing uh, in the meat department. They use that to cut up meat. Yeah, yeah, it's some sort of meat cutting machine. But yeah, she got the the most brutal, and then they killed Simon like two seconds afterwards. He takes like an an axe to the head. Um. But what are some of your like favorite moments, favorite things in this movie? What are two of your favorite things in this in this movie? 
Um, all honestly, the opening is maybe my favorite part. It's it, it is very reminiscent of screen, but even the, mm -hmm. the lighting of the situation, like yes. I love the lighting that high contrasted blue with the reds. Yeah, I, I like the cinematography too. I actually have that on my notes as well. I think the cinematography is really strong in this movie. Um, they do have a lot of creative shots where characters are in the center of the frame and you know they'll flip it to a perspective of another character like you just touched on the lighting they'll have like a red you know very creep show-esque where there's like yes, a red light here and then a blue yeah. light down at the bottom you know it really pops um I, I thought i thought that the entire the entire production like their dp and the even the editor i thought they did a fantastic job the other thing i liked was that they they reference another rl stein book halloween night by mm. basically lifting the look of the skeleton killer's costume from it. So uh, the book Halloween Night Part 2, actually, is the sequel. Because the first one, I think, just has a jack-o'-lantern on the cover with a knife in it. Um, they obviously base the killers. Like, in the video version of this minisode, I'm going to show it. You can yep, see there the, it is. the skeletons. Uh, there's, like, three of them on the cover. They're all wearing the hoods with the, the rubber skull mask and the skeleton body. It's interesting because that that's not a Fear Street book. That's a point horror book. So yeah. it's just a funny like little reference to another uh, R.L. like R.L. Stein involved book series. Yeah, um, which I, leads me to believe there's maybe there's a possibility that next year in a few years we'll get a point horror film. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I can imagine, especially if this is successful, they would very easily do that. I, I think. I think they did that, well, one, because it's a reference to another R.L. Stein property, and two, they're mimicking the times. Like, this was yes. the killer in the 90s, like, 94, two years later, you get Scream, so it's like, okay, this this kind of fits that style, pretty yes, much. Like, yes. then we have a couple other killers, which, if there is to say things I wasn't huge on, like, I thought it was cool, but I, it kind of gets a little too distracting when there's so many things going on. Like yes. Because there's so many killers. Like, we get introduced to several. And my second favorite was the, like, Jason knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> like, they had a Jason knockoff. And he's got the potato sack. He's got the red flannel on. And he's got the, uh, he had a big-ass axe. He yeah. was cool. But, like, once, because each of these characters are really cool. The way they're designed and the way that they go after and attack. But uh, it just seemed like the more we got to know about what's going on. And I'm hoping that, you know... Because it, it it's almost counterintuitive to the mystery of the slasher when everything is so explained. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so like that was one of my my issues, and another one of my issues is it, and I mean this is also I think just the product of it being like you know a teenage horror story. There wasn't as much emote like the one of the students gets killed at the very beginning, and it seems like uh, very insensitive. People just like running through the halls carrying corpses. <laughs> And yeah. I'm like, I get it. Kids could be assholes, but, uh, you know, somebody's got to be sad. Yeah. She had to have friends somewhere. <laughs> like, yes, no, yeah, it seemed like nobody cared. Well, apparently people cared because they had, it, it, was, it yeah, was Maya they, Hawke's character. They had, I think it was her character. Yeah, it was. They had, like, the little yes. pictures of her and, like, I miss you already and stuff like that on the uh, locker. Um, yeah. Talking about some cons, now that you mentioned yours, uh, I have two things. The runtime did not need to be an hour and 45 minutes. They could have shaved 15 minutes off of this first episode, especially knowing now that all three films are connected. 
Mm-hmm. Like that last act went on way too long. Too long, yeah. Yeah, they even like have a little teaser to the next one at the very end. I was like, that was unnecessary. You guys could have like just put to be continued and you know go on with go on with it next week because we're gonna have, we're gonna have another episode. And, and it's and again, like I, I think you touched on it, but a very dense story. So I guess there was a lot to tell. There's a witch. There's killers. There's these five mm-hmm. kids. There's this. Like again, it was. It was very dense, and there was just a lot of plot, and I guess they needed an hour and 45, but it wasn't necessary. Like, the whole sex no. scene where, like, the two of them make up, and they're going at it, and then the, the Josh and Kate are in the bathroom, and he's getting all sexy with her, and then the one dude's beating his meat. Like, all of that <laughs> could have been cut out of, entirely of the film. It wasn't – like, they could have made up quickly in dialogue, kissed or something, and then – yeah. Cut. Well, yeah, move on. I think move on with the story. I think it is important that they had that moment of connection, that yeah. moment of vulnerability. But yeah. it, it does go on a little too long. Yeah. Uh, a lot more. I was interested because I just kept thinking in the back of my mind. I'm like, this, this, this is R.L. Stein. And then I'm watching two <laughs> girls finger banging each other. I'm like, damn, that's pretty rad. Amen. God bless. <laughs> Yo, Tom, you're keep, so funny. Keep, keep the Pride Month going. Oh man. Um, the next thing that I, I I really didn't like was I thought the Halloween setting, it's supposed to be October 2nd, was super lazy. Yeah, super it, it, duper lazy. It was supposed to be early, I'm assuming like late September, early October. And, you know, being a Halloween lover myself and obviously with Haunted Hangover and our audience and everyone that watches, I think most people that love Halloween will agree with me that – all they did was stick like that classic pumpkin pail. They just put them like around random yeah. places to, to, it, to show that it's Halloween. Like they could have done a little bit more with decorations, maybe in the school, decorations in the hospital or in the precinct or in front of people's houses. Even if it's just like a glowing jack-o'-lantern, there was none of that. So I found yeah. that so odd that they didn't – like I almost was like – this like watching it, I was like, "Does this take place on Halloween or not?" Like it was just a little yeah. confusing because I saw the pumpkins, but it was like the same recycled like jack o' lantern pail over and over again, and I was just kind of like, "They could have done a way better job establishing that this is like Halloween in a small town." Because I feel like small towns like that, so like small suburban towns, are the places that embrace the holiday the most. Yeah. So it, it was it, just an odd, very odd choice. Oh yeah, um, no, I, yeah. with this show. No, it was. It, it just or felt like short Halloween. Not a show. It's a, Halloween it's a series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it felt. It just felt like Halloween wasn't embedded in the DNA of this. Mm-hmm. Like usually, when you see like you know, argue it's good or bad. When you yeah. when you watch, even when you watch another Netflix property like Who Be Halloween. Yeah. There's that was that like dripping with Halloween. Dripping goodness. with Halloween. <laughs> yeah. It's its own like Halloween in a good like in something the reason why we watch is because Halloween itself is a character. Yeah. Like and that's why like even you can watch something, you could argue the back and forth of whether you like mm-hmm. be Halloween, but yeah. you watch that, you feel Halloween. You, there's of a course. Halloween character. And even in like, you know, you watch the Halloween franchise, each of them do a pretty good job of selling yeah. this as Halloween. Like I I have my issues. And it is not an amazing movie. But what I love about Halloween 6 is it Halloween really is the character. Yeah, Like Again. it's dripping in Halloween. And this this felt like take it or leave it, it. It might be Halloween. It might not be Halloween. Yeah. 
again, I feel like it, it, it's obviously October. It's not like close mm-hmm. to Halloween, but I feel like they could have presented it would have helped the film's atmosphere a little bit more again maybe they just were trying to stay away from that because of the halloween franchise or something i don't know but i feel like this film would have definitely benefited from adding just a couple of more decorations fine you don't have to go crazy like hubie halloween but like definitely add a little bit more to it it just i feel like it would have worked i also think this would have been great to release this entire series this trilogy of films in october like yeah, missed missed opportunity there, but I know, I know. Whatever. I think maybe because this is the thing I noticed about horror movies: they either are pushed in late summer, like as a summer release, yeah, weird, or they get pushed in October. But October yeah. is a very competitive month. They yeah. might have uh, Netflix. I don't know what their plan is for Halloween. Yeah. They might have other projects. Maybe. But yeah, no, because like think about how perfectly timed this could have been if like the first week you have one movie, yeah. the second week you get another movie. So like weird. It, yeah. Weird decision. Weird decision to to release this in July, but it is what it is, you know. Yeah. All right, Tom. So I'm gonna give my final thoughts and I want yours here in, in closing. So I can't really rate this yet because mm. it feels like the beginning of a larger story. So yeah. when we come back to cover the second one, which I believe is 1978, Fear Street 1978, I, I could see where it's going more and I can better I can better rate it. So I wouldn't give it like out of five. Right now, I wouldn't want to give it anything because I don't think it's fair. I want to see what the overall story being told is. I did dig it. I, I thought it, I didn't think it was completely terrible. I, did, I wanted to love it more. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I didn't, I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it as much as I would have liked to. What did you think of, of this first uh, part, 1994? I think I, I honestly I'm in agreement with a lot of your points. Like mm-hmm. I love the beginning. I do like the characters. I was having fun, but I think the middle, like the second going into the third act is just too long. I started yeah. to lose interest and like once then once we know the mystery or that we know the whole story, it becomes harder to pay attention because now it's just a matter of like, okay, we have this exact structure we have to get through and we have to get through it. Yeah. So it's hard to rate because hopefully as a whole package, this is one epic story, but as its own thing, it's like, I liked it a lot, but not enough to be like, this is amazing. It's more like it was a fun thing. And if I see it again, I would love to see parts of it, but I can't as a whole be like, yeah, that's the whole thing is going to be a fun rewatch. There's one last thing I want to say, uh, what I do like about it. It does remind me of like the made for TV movies from like the late 80s, early 90s, like Stephen King's divided up into like two or three parts. Like it was two parts, but there was other made for TV movies. I think The Shining, even though it's not a good TV movie, the TV, uh, the TV, Stephen King's The Shining version um, of that film was, I think, broken up into three parts. So I do like how this is very reminiscent of that. And you feel that. So that's really cool. Again, we'll be back talking about part two, and and I'm hoping it elevates this first movie, this first part, the second one and third one. So we'll see what happens. So that was Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Haunted Hangover, and don't forget to rate and review us. That'd be greatly appreciated. And remember... The best cure for a hangover is more booze. Later, guys.